All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kalipa, and on today's episode, we have Gabe Giannis and Matt De La Valle. Now, this is the first of its kind. We have what's called the NC Fit Collective, where we have a group of gyms that utilize our session plans and programming. And every week, bi-weekly, we do a webinar with this community on different subjects that we're going through at NC Fit. Well, for the first time, we're taking a webinar and we're putting it on the Business of Fitness podcast. I feel like this webinar was really important. It was specifically about COVID. We had one of our coaches who um, tested positive for COVID on Sunday morning, and we talked through our action plan. We talked through our strategy leading up to it, and we talked through how quickly we tried to get, or we did get, correspondence out thereafter. This is going to happen to gym owners if it hasn't already. And I think it's important to get ahead of it. Understand what is your plan? What does the CDC say? And so we dive into a few of those now. Now, if you like this episode, rate it, review it, share it. And if you're not a part of the collective and we discuss different types of um, documents that we provide the collective, shoot us an email, learn more about the collective because this is just the beginning of what we offer that community. I hope you and your families are doing well and let's have an amazing podcast slash webinar on the business of fitness. Let's get it. All right, we're live. Good morning, everyone, collective members that are joining us here for another webinar with a very important topic. Um, and actually, special webinar because this is actually the first one that we are going to be trying to put out as a podcast. So, super exciting for us. We think that this is super valuable information, which is why. We got on this webinar super quick here for our collective members. And then, you know, we'd like to put this out for the gym owner community as a whole pretty soon. Um, but, you know, without further ado, let's dive right in. MDV, Jason, thanks for joining us. Um, Jason, why don't we start with, you know, just give us a background of, of what happened here. Um, why are we on this webinar right now? Um, and why is this something that's so important for us to talk about? Yeah. And so for us, uh, obviously the fitness industry has been rocked in a way that it hasn't before. Uh, specifically is something that no one had had experience with prior. And as of this last week, we had one of our coaches who unfortunately, um, got COVID. And when our coach got COVID, it created a, a, a variety of different actions that we had to take as an organization. Uh, not only legally, but also just um, to do what's right. And I thought that there was no better time than now to get this information out about how we acted on it because it just gives a way to approach the situation if it happens to any of the owners out there, any of the coaches out there, any of the members at your gyms. We could share with you how we approached it and hopefully give you a little bit of um, insight and then you could take that information, obviously develop it how you want, and then move on from there. That's that's really the goal of this podcast is to share the way we approached, in particular, COVID in general, but mainly how we also approached having a coach get it because that might happen to some of you and it's going to freak you out because it surely freaked us out. But we approached it in what I thought to be the best way possible and we want to dive into that today. So. Let's take a step back there, Jay, and, and really dive into the specific things that we did before this even happened, you know, with, um, and I think we can start with the fact that, you know, something you said on a previous webinar was, you know, we were allowed to open on a certain date, but that's not the date that we opened our doors. There was a little bit of a buffer there so that we can prepare appropriately. So what are some of those things that we did and maybe reiterate why it was so important to give us that cushion? Well, I, you know, we could dive in a little bit more from a coaching staffing perspective with MDV, but I think from a big picture perspective, um, let's take our Redwood City location. We were available to open up, let's just say for the sake of argument, uh, July 1st, but we actually pushed it out an additional week. Um, and part of that, a lot of that was to ensure that when we opened, we opened up with appropriate um, guidelines, policies, and a official line from NC Fit. This is an NC Fit policy, but then because of that, we needed to train up our staff, train up the front desk, train up on all these different protocols. And that took a little bit of time. And so for us, we're getting word back from Santa Clara County yesterday that we're able to open up our gyms July 13th. 
we're actually going to push that out an additional week. And we believe that's important for, for a variety of reasons, including getting the equipment back that was loaned out, of course, uh, staffing and what that looks like. And MDV can talk more about that. But I think the biggest reason is to be able to get the, the, the coaching staff together and ensure that everybody is moving in lockstep together on what those procedures are. Because looking back on our situation with one of our coaches getting COVID, I think that the most important thing that we've done, the most important is ensuring that everybody was holding the line leading up to that. Because if we hadn't, it could have escalated very quickly. Um, can you dive into a little bit of, you know, the specific, you know, guidelines and procedures that we did put out there for coaches? You know, how are we changing how our coaches, you know, we value so much bringing these classes to life in, in, in the actual gym floor. Um, what changes did we have to make? What policies did we put out, um, like Jason said, to prepare us for, you know, the now? Uh, sure, I'll dive into that in, in just one moment. I do think that uh, it's really important, guys, to, to understand the whole general theme of what's going on, specifically in California, the way that the policy decisions are being handed down is that the announcements are happening super, super fast. You don't have any lead in to when the policies are announced. You don't have any hints on what the regulations or the restrictions are going to be. It's simply an announcement that sometimes comes by tweet, sometimes comes by a posting on a website that is not necessarily something that you might be checking as often, or it doesn't get to major news outlets. So some of the things that we did was we made sure that we set up Google alerts for certain sites. We set up keywords to notify us based on when certain things showed up in articles. Um, and also, obviously, we were paying really close attention to anything that was coming out from the government in letting us know when the dates would be and what the restrictions would be. But that doesn't change the fact that the announcements happen and then the dates have been very, very close to the, to the dates of the announcement. They're announcing things on, let's say, a Thursday or a Friday, and then they're saying you can reopen on Monday. That, that doesn't put you in a really great position as a business owner, in our opinion, because you not only have to adopt these guidelines, but you have to be prepared to have all the equipment, have all the cleaning supplies, have your entire staff be up to date on pretty complex guidelines. So I do think it's really important. You're going to get pressure from people in your community to say, hey, we can open up July 13th. If they just announced it. We can open up July 13th. Why aren't you doing that? And it should really be, it's more responsible for you to look at the situation and go, hey, we, we need to really dive into these, digest these. We need to get the things, the equipment that we need to make sure that these policies are adhered to all in stock. We have to have that in stock so we can operate not only for one day, but many days after that. And then we have to train our team up on these guidelines because it's a very, very, very different landscape. You know, Gabe's question leading into this was how did we train our team up on this new norm of coaching? And the first step there is for us to really deeply understand what the regulations are from the state and local governments in allowing us to, to be open. And then once you have that, drilling that down in a way that is digestible for your staff, and then also we'll talk about your members at some point, but first your staff have to really understand it. And one of the things there, no matter what they're telling you that you have to do in regards to operating your facility, whether or not your coaches have to wear a mask the entire time, whether or not they have to have temperature checks when they walk into the gym before every shift whether or not they, some states are mandating that they wear gloves throughout the entire experience. And the same thing, the members have a whole nother set. You have to make sure that your coaches are all really bought in, that this is, this is a situation that's going to be different. It might be uncomfortable, but this is the way that it is. There's no wiggle room when it comes to how we're approaching these different regulations. You can't take classes or movements, or you can't take situations and make them exceptions to the rule. There are no exceptions. That's the hard line that you guys have to run with your coaches. You can have empathy for the situation that this is a, a difficult situation that we're coaching in. 
that it might not feel exactly the same. You can still make it a fun experience, but there's no exceptions to the rules because that can get you guys in, in much hotter water than if you if you weren't doing that. So yeah, that's that's the baseline. That's where you start. Yeah, and and the one thing I'll MDV that I think that we did that was incredibly powerful and while other gyms might not be able to do this exactly, um, I think the theme still applies, which is having these two sessions with um, Adam, who's someone that we work with, that's mindset and kind of facilitates talking about these things. And I think that the theme that other gyms can apply is just, you know, yes, everyone has to hold the line, but people are going to have different concerns and feelings about all this. And I think it's important to foster that um, environment of being able to have those discussions before the fact, like, yes, these are the rules. These are why we're following them, but still opening it up for discussion, hearing your coaches, what are their specific concerns and making that okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. So Adam Sacedo is a longtime friend of NC fit. He's a mental co- mental performance coach. Um, he helps people. He's helped Jason uh, in the past with his athletic endeavors, helps him with his leadership endeavors here at NC fit. He works with high level executives, sports teams, and what we did in, in concert with Adam, it was really part of a greater effort with everything that's going on right now, not only with COVID-19, but the, the social injustice and the social unrest that's kind of pervasive. We also have the uh, you know in lengthened furloughs for some employees, this long time that they've had off, quote unquote off. And we felt that it was important to open up the conversation to allow them to be heard and to share their thoughts and share their ideas and then allow Adam to be there as a sounding board and respond back and create the conversation so you can get some of those things off your chest or you can ask questions in a non-threatening environment. And you don't necessarily have to bring in a, a performance coach or a therapist into that type of open forum. I particularly think it's very helpful because that person can lead the discussion from an unbiased standpoint but you can do so with your staff in a way that allows you, even before you start talking about, hey, what are the rules? What are the regulations? What are the things that we really have to rigidly follow? But if you haven't had a longer touch base with your team, if you haven't gotten them all together in a Zoom environment or an environment like this, and just open up the conversation, see how people are doing, check in with them. And then at the end of that meeting, you can follow up and say, hey, listen, we've got the announcement, obviously, that the state is letting us open up on this date. Our planned opening date will likely be about seven days in the future beyond that. What I want to do is set up another time with you guys to go over all the rules and regulations, make sure we have everything digested, make sure you guys understand exactly what you have to do to go out there and do your jobs to the best of your ability. And I think that that's a really smart way of doing it. So you kind of separate out any sort of emotional baggage that people might be carrying into a conversation about hey, what do we have? We have to wear our masks nonstop when we're coaching. You don't want them to bring that additional stuff into that conversation. You want the conversation about the regulations to be very straightforward, very clear. Yeah, and just, just to kind of shine light, I think for a lot of people who are having gyms right now and listening, some of this stuff is pretty self-explanatory. Okay, create grids, have some signage about what you're doing. Those are like pretty straightforward. Some of the other things, team on, I think it's important, is that we we paid our team members to be at these meetings. And I think that's important. And we we really focused on holding the line, but being empathetic to understanding that everybody's going to come in with a different position, but these are NC fits policies. It's just like if I go into a restaurant right now and I walk into that restaurant, I know the, the restaurant's policy is that I have to wear a mask to go into my, my, my place. It's not on the employee. The employee's job is to uphold that and then also to, to, again, hold the line because everybody's going to come in with such vastly different perspectives, but the company's position is this. I think that's important to note for all of your staff. And so what we did is step number one, uh, employee self-screen, okay? So yesterday I was at one of our locations. I'm at another one of them now that's not open, but as soon as I walked in the door, I self-screened. I said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take, um, someone else took my temperature, so I made sure that my temperature was appropriate. Then um, they're saying to themselves, hey, their supervisor, they're going to stay at home if they feel the following symptoms, right? Fever, chills, cough, shortness of breath. You're, you guys should all be familiar with what these are. But I think the first step is employee self-screening. And we went over all of that with our employees at a sit-down meeting. 
We also drafted this information and put it into a um, front desk handbook that's there. So it's it's tangible. It's then a meeting, which starts off with employee screening. From the employee screening, you then go into the face coverings, right? And we explain the why behind the face coverings, the fact that it's mandated for staff and it's mandated for members who come in until they get into their, their location. Um, we then dove into this concept of checking in and uh, what that process looks like. I think it's really important because I've watched it go down in person a number of times now. And a member comes in, there's a full process that everyone abides by from staff to members. And the reason why I cannot stress this enough, and MDV was talking about the first step, maybe getting them together and talking about how they feel. The second step is getting them together and talking about the regulations and what does the flow look like. And holding that, that a members accountable is so important because when we had a coach who got COVID, we knew that the line was being held. And if the line was being held, we assumed there wouldn't be additional repercussions. Now, that's that's an assumption, that, but it's it's favorable because we went over everything. Had someone gotten COVID, a coach, but we didn't clearly communicate with our team the expectation, I think things could get a lot worse. So start there and go over things like the temperature check-in, uh, what our cleaning and disinfecting protocols were, our, what is our retail, what's our walk-in inquiries. These were all things we went over with our staff in a formal meeting and had everybody on board with before we left. And we would highly recommend that for everybody who's listening. Uh, something that Jason touched on there towards the end is, you know, these, these, these things that are standards that are being put out by, by the government guys are, are not like kindas. You can't kinda wear your mask. You can't kinda disinfect after each individual use of equipment. What they're putting out there that are mandates in regards to how you have to operate your business in this new landscape. And if you're not following those, at best it's negligent, and then at worst it's wanton and reckless. And there's a different standards in regards to those things. And everybody's probably cool if in the environment where you're like, oh yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna wear our face coverings for this portion of the brief because of X, Y, or Z, or like, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to make sure we, let's all just gather up together, whatever. It's all, um, you know, it's all hogwash. Everybody's cool with that sometimes until they're not on the other side of it. And then you're in some really deep, deep, hot water. So taking these things seriously is really, really important. Having the understanding of how all these things need to go down. It's not optional. You need to go out and do these things. It's mandatory to run your business that way. And if you're intentionally disregarding them, you're really running a risk of putting yourself in some deeper hot water if something were to happen. And one thing that I wanted to point out too, just because I haven't already, in the chat section, um, a couple of CDC links that have been super useful in kind of guiding us in not only the um, actual things that we had in place beforehand, but what we're gonna talk about now, which is the actions that we took after the fact, finding out a staff member actually um, got sick. So make sure you reference those guys. You can grab those from the chat section here. And for collective members, we're going to include these in the collective corner as well. Um, Jason, do you want to kind of start diving in now into what we actually yeah. did in response? Yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to add on to what MDV was saying is that in general, our members are being super understanding and super cool, right? Hey guys, we have a standard. We are just, we are just upholding the standard that's being given to us by the CDC. And many, all, most of our members are super, super respectful of the fact that we are taking such care in terms of their safety. And yes, you might have some members who might not agree with the situation, but you're going to have a lot of members who really look at you as industry leaders by the level of care that you're taking to ensure that you're having an appropriate gym experience. And I think there'll be more people on that side than, than you know, the other side. And I think just having a great conversation with them and letting them know the why behind what you're doing, I think will solve a lot of the problems. So moving on from there, you know, something that we were talking about is this idea of HIPAA and ADA compliance. I think this is really important. So what happened with us is we received word on Sunday morning. So today is a uh, Wednesday. We received word on Sunday morning from one of our team members that they had, um, were tested positive for COVID. Okay. 
we, we received that information Sunday morning that they actually received a positive test. I think that's important to note is two things. The HIPAA and ADA compliance is that this is an employee. Uh, you know, this employee was found positive, but it's not a he, she, it, it's, it's nothing. We, we cannot um, validate to anybody who this person is. And I think that's important to note is that there's a lot of rules and regulations about this. And so if this happens to you, please note to try and avoid things that pinpoint them for a variety of reasons, right? Not even just legal, whatever. It's also just because people feel probably uneasy with everybody knowing exactly who it was. Now, that being said, when we received this information on Sunday morning, it was extremely critical that we acted swiftly and we acted professionally with this, with this notice. What we couldn't have happen is we received word on Sunday morning and we didn't announce it to our staff and members until Wednesday. That would not be okay because we would have gotten not only a lot of backlash, but it's also not the right thing to do because if some exposure, now they had multiple days that they've still been exposing other people. So when we found out about Sunday, we sent out three, um, three emails. Email number one was to the staff that was on shift with this particular person, uh, letting them know, hey, you, you may have been exposed, you may have came in close contact. And close contact is a really interesting term, and I think MDV and I could dive a little bit more into this, but if you read through the CDC, okay, close contact is when you're within six feet for 15 minutes or more. And so technically, um, we didn't feel like in our business that anybody was within close contact because we had created the policies and we were holding the line. And that line was, social distancing, wearing a mask, et cetera. But we still feel like it was important to first, step number one, let our employees know, hey, this is what happened. You were on shift when this occurred. We're letting you know first. Step number two was letting all the employees know, hey, this is what happened. This is what occurred. This was the sequence of events. We're making you aware before we make the overall community aware. And then for the overall community, we drafted a really, what I thought to be well done email, which we're gonna share on the collective corner that you guys potentially could use in the future. And uh, MDV, before we get into that email, is there anything you wanna add on like the, the employee side? I mean, we could dive in a yeah, lot more here. Yeah, uh, a couple of things. So this is, for us, it was not an if situation. You know, it, it's like a when situation. And I think changing your mindset about this and how you prepare for this will be helpful for you guys in, in, in dealing with what's, what is going to probably happen in a lot of businesses. You're going to see people test positive, whether it's an employee, whether it's a member, and you are so much better off being prepared and knowing the actionable steps that you need to take when you get that notice. And the CDC has done a really great job, and Gabe's put those links up there, of giving you those steps that you need to take when you find out one of your customers or one of your employees has tested positive. All of these emails that Jason is describing, these were drafted prior to this incident happening. It wasn't like we found out on Sunday and then went to the Google Docs and started creating what was gonna be sent out to team members and employees. This was all in the can ready to rock. And I think that that's going to help reduce your guys' stress tenfold if and when you find out that one of these instances happens. It's just like preparing for a class. You prepare for everything that you know is probably going to happen. You have your class plan written out, all those contingencies, all your scaling options, so that if the curveball does come your way, you're ready to hit it right away as opposed to being on your heels. So I think that that's, that's really important. And what Jason was talking about in regards to the term close contact, that's what in the legal industry they, they refer to as a term of art. And the CDC has a specific definition of what that means. And by following their protocols and procedures that we have been following to the T in addition to the state and local uh, uh, regulations imposed by us by California and San Mateo County, we, we were by definition, it wasn't like we felt we were 
okay that we didn't have close contact. We knew we did not have close contact because of the way that we're set up. And that's really, really important because if you don't, if you do have close contact within your facilities or you do have employees that spend certain amounts of times in certain workstations, what you need to do once you find out that individual is positive is very, very different than if you do. I think that that's really important to understand. I really, really there. Um, Jason, I think that, you know, now's a good time to, you know, we sent out communications, very important. Now, what else did we do, you know, that was more member facing? Because we also emailed the members this information, obviously. Um, but what did we do, you know, at the gym? What steps did we take, you know, to make members feel safe coming back in, you know, after hearing this news? And then I think, you know, the bigger question too is, is, you know, what did we learn from that? And then what is repeatable and what is our plan? Because, you know, like MDV said, this isn't, it's unrealistic to expect that this is the last time this is going to happen. So, you know, what's our plan kind of moving forward? Yeah. I mean, so like I said, having a coach come up with COVID, especially so early on after we reopened was really, really challenging for me to handle. It was. And what I had to realize personally was that, you know, if 70, 80% of the population, let's just say, will get COVID, um, we had to be okay to know that this will probably occur again. However, this was the first time. And because it was the first time, we wanted to set the, the expectation with our members that we're not playing around, okay? We're taking this super seriously. And so the way that we reacted to this singular time may be different than the way we react in the future. And I think that's important to note. So with this particular situation, what we did, especially because of the day that it fell on and how it worked, we wrote an uh, email to our um, members who are active currently. And we're going to be sharing this on the Collective Corner, but I think it's really important to share with you. I'm ready to inform you that a member of our coaching team at Redwood City has tested positive for COVID-19. Our Redwood City gym will be closed on Monday, July 6th. During the closure, professional deep cleaning in accordance with CDC guidelines will occur. So let's pause there for a second. In this particular situation, we chose to close the gym. We chose to close the gym for a variety of reasons. One of them, letting our members know how seriously we take their safety and also letting our staff know that, hey, we're taking time to get all of our ducks in a row and then move forward. And part of that was because we got the news on Sunday, we didn't have much time to act. And so by closing the gym, gym having it professionally cleaned, it gave us a little bit of time to kind of sit back in our chair recognize are we making the right adjustments and ensuring that we have the safety of our coaches and our staff uh, and our members in mind. Moving forward, I don't think we will be shutting down the gym. We chose to do that an additional layer, but it cost us quite a bit of money. So it was $2,000 to get the location deep clean. From a sustainability perspective, I don't think that will occur on a reoccurring basis because of the cost and because of shutting down the location, I think as long as we stay within the guidelines of the CDC, we could have it cleaned thoroughly and still be within the CDC guidelines. There's a variety of things you should dive into. You should go to the different links that we're sharing so you could be better informed. But we didn't have to shut down a location. We chose to shut down location. And moving forward, I think we will not be doing that um, anymore. Uh, and one thing that I quickly wanted to kind of interject with some housekeeping is if you do have questions, guys, make sure you add them to the questions tab. We're going to reserve 15, 20 minutes after we're done kind of hitting a couple points to answer these questions. So make sure you get those in there. I am seeing them. Um, but yeah, Jay, really good point on, on the steps that we took and kind of what the plan is moving forward. I think that that's a, a good segue MDB into talking about, you know, this other, you know, incident that happened before all this, um, as part of kind of like holding the line and these new guidelines, um, and just kind of talking about, you know, what happened there, how we dealt with it, and again, stressing the importance of constantly reiterating the importance of these guidelines moving forward because it is something that is very, very new for even the most experienced coaches. Hey, AMDV. Just real quickly before you dive into that, which I think is really important, I just wanted to shine one more light on the email that we sent out to our members that I think is important, is that we noted the infected employee was on site these days and these times. 
and we explained our current protocols and and we then finally noted employees that have been in close contact uh, with the infected employee have been notified. If they're in fact in close contact, they'll be required to remain out of the gym for at least 14 days since their last contact with the infected employee. Per the CDC, close contact is defined as being within six feet of the infected employee for a prolonged period of time, 15 minutes or more. So the two notes I just wanna make on that before MDV dives into the coaching side is that we, we acknowledged to our members when that employee was, was at the locations so that they were aware of it, we then explained how we were taking appropriate protocols before that person even came into the gym or took the floor. And then we explained that employees who were in close contact were not going to be coming into the gym to ensure people felt safe coming back into the gym. So I just wanted to add those additional layers. Um, yeah, Gabe. So similar to how... Um you know, the mindset about cases are going to happen. I think you have to adopt that mindset, right? I similarly think you have to adopt the mindset that you will probably have lapses in protocol from either members or from staff, hopefully in a uh, way that is unintentional, but is a momentary lapse. Let's take, for example, somebody walks through the threshold of your door and forgets to get a temperature check right away. And they run back 15 or 20 minutes later and get a temperature check. A situation like that, it's unacceptable because it's outside of how the regulations are set up. It's outside of how your operating protocols are set up, but it's a temporary lapse. It was something that they did unintentionally, not with bad intent, not intending to skirt the system, you know, had the best intentions of mind in mind, and maybe they were just super fired up to put their mask on, get in there, and start coaching class. You have to address each one of those situations as a very, very serious situation. You don't have to come down on an individual heavy-handed and, and punitive. Um, you know, if it's truly the first time and they're taking the regulation seriously and they had the best intentions, but they forgot and then quickly corrected, you know, you still do as a, as a business owner and as somebody who wants to responsibly manage this situation, you still do have to discuss with your team the seriousness of even those momentary lapses and make sure that you are constantly reminding your team through your own actions about how serious these all are. So you are always leading from the front. Like when Jason was in our Redwood City location the other day, I'd bet my next paycheck that Jason was following every single regulation that we have in regards to wearing the mask, temperature checking, social distancing while within the facility, all of those types of things. And so when those instances do happen, you know, with the employees, obviously, you need to remind the employees after the instance that there are no exceptions to this. There's no wiggle room. You have to be aware of all the different steps in the protocols that are in place to effectively do your job the way it needs to be done. And if it happens again, I think same kind of deal. You know, you have that one strike and then a second strike, you understand. And then after a second type of instance, guys, with the same employee, I think it's it's a much more serious conversation with that person. I think it's a sit down one-on-one -on -one, and it's an understanding of whether or not this person can do the job based on how it's currently set up. That's how seriously I would take this kind of situation right now. With your members, similarly, you ha also have to take it seriously, but in, in a way that's empathetic and not punitive. The same reason we don't love burpee penalties or anything like that for coming in late to classes. But the constant reminders need to be there, similar to how you guys might have different restrictions on use of chalk in your gyms or dropping barbells or use of profanity. You have to, you have to understand that members are probably going to be excited and maybe somebody steps outside of their six-foot square or their square in order to grab a weight and bring it in that they shouldn't have done. You know, Obviously, you don't want to run that person over the coals. But you do want to make sure that you make a group-wide announcement that we have to maintain these distancing measures, that any equipment that you need will be brought over to you. And if it's a constant cycle with one individual, 
then you have to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with that person in a similar way. And if there's any sort of really hard pushback, I think at that point or disregard for the rules or what the coaches are saying, then you can talk about the next steps that you might have to take with that individual. If training in this environment is not the right option for them right now, very, very luckily, like Jason said, we haven't had to deal with that kind of stuff. Our members have been super responsive, super respectful. They're happy to be back in the gym. And the, the gym is as clean and as strict as it's ever been with every single regulation. The team's doing a fantastic job. And uh, I think that that comes to the preparation that, that went in and the communication to those different groups. The, the new norm, um, and it needs to be, you know, Anything you want to add on, on that side, you know, staff and members and, and holding the line? Yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those slippery slopes. And it's, it's, you want to be, but everybody comes to it with a different situation. I think it's really important that we don't allow any exceptions to the rule. There's no exception. This is the rule. There's no exceptions. Because what happens is you get an exception here, an exception here. All of a sudden, it starts trending this way. And the way you feel and the way I feel are gonna be different than the way other people feel. For example, you know, we've had a situation where you know someone sees maybe a, a someone doesn't feel comfortable because maybe another athlete gets too close to them and they might end up leaving the gym and not coming back because we don't know what that person is going through, for example, right? We don't know that maybe they have someone who's super high risk at home. They're barely on the edge of coming in or not because they don't quite know. They're they're trying to gauge what their comfort level is. And all of a sudden we might do one little thing trigger them to not feel comfortable. But had we not done that, had we held the line and been very specific, you might have earned that person's comfort. And I think that's really important is to, from a business perspective, I'd rather err on this caution and be overly consistent with what we're doing because everybody comes in with a different background, different, different perspective on things. And um, I think it's our job as coaches and owners to ensure that they feel safe. And because sometimes it can be really difficult for them to say something, right? Someone comes over, they might not feel comfortable, but they don't also want to say something. So I think as a team, if we could find a way to be super compassionate, but also hold a line, that's the secret for us, at least moving forward. And actually, uh, MDB. Yeah, I was saying, there's a couple of uh, really great questions over there. I, I'm yeah. sure that you're aware of them, but. Um... I think that both Bob and, and Richard have some good good thoughts. Yeah, so I, I think that Jason kind of started answering Richard's question here. So I think that we'll, we'll tackle that one first. And it's to what degree do you guys see the regulations very much as a starting point, and then you're layering additional protocols to mitigate risk um, from there and, and, and instill confidence? Um, you know, is it a regulations plus model, or are we just taking the regulations, you know, by by the book holding the line with that you know maybe jason want to take that first yeah i'd say that we're we're holding the line on the regulations as they're being set for us i think that from day one from our closures to our reopening we've used state and local guidelines as our kind of moving forward approach and so um yes we are using the cdc and then from that particular position uh we're just holding the line on it one thing that I'll, I'll add to that, Jay, is that, you know, I, I do think that in regards to how we're communicating the standards that we hold, the way that we are addressing our team, the things that we might have done with Adam Sacedo, the mental performance coach, those, those go above and beyond. And that we feel it's really important to do those types of things, not just to send out one email with the regulations, but do so in a really thoughtful manner in a manner that's understandable, digestible for the different groups that we're sending it out to. Um, and if you are looking at like a regulations plus model, I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with that. Understand the regulations, implement them, do everything that you are mandated to do. But as a business owner, it's your responsibility that if you're going to put a plus on anything, that it's financially and, uh, you know, from a personnel perspective, that those things are, are repeatable for you over and over and over again. And that's one of the reasons why when we had our, our team call on Sunday with some of the ideas that we, we might have implemented, that we just went back to the guidelines. We looked at 
how we were following the rules and regulations. We looked at how that impacted the decision tree on which way to go based on the CDC. And, you know, it, it might be tempting to say things like, hey, anybody who was in contact with this person, not close contact, but contact, like you just around that person in the general vicinity, more than six feet plus, why don't you stay home for 14 days and see how you feel? That's a plus. That's a big plus on top of that. But that might not be sustainable for you every single time that something happens. So just be careful of the type of standard that you set with your plus. If you are adamant about, hey, we must do this every single time, we're not here to tell you that it's wrong, but just be smart about making sure that you're holding that standard over and over and over again. And Jason, if you didn't want to add anything there, I think Bob does have another really good question, and it's considered um, special times for members that are high risk. You know, is there is that something that that we thought of? I mean, Bob, I think that's a really good question. Um, I wouldn't say it's something that we've really discussed um, at, at deep at, at length. It's something we've talked about. Um, but I would say that our response to that would be that we believe that every class should be consistent and that we feel comfortable that regardless of how risk, you know, the, the risk level associated, we should feel comfortable with that particular person coming into our location. And given our grids, given our, you know, temperature checks, mask, cleaning protocols, uh, everything that we're doing, I feel comfortable, like put in perspective, my daughter had leukemia. She would be a high-risk person for this because she's been immune-compromised almost her entire life. I feel comfortable with what we're doing in the gyms. And um, so that's, that's – we need to hold the standard for every class. But perhaps in the future we can have further discussions about it if, if the need arises. Yeah, we, like Jason was saying, it's come up in discussion for us, Bob. Uh, it's not something that we were prepared to implement right now. But if it was a regulation, if the, if the state of California, the county of San Mateo, which were operating Redwood City, came out and said, you must have certain times for high-risk populations, we would certainly implement those right away. But for us, like Jason was saying, we are following everything so meticulously, so to the T, that we feel right now that the entire experience is really appropriate for our community, but we'll be supportive of members who are personally choosing to continue to stay home and train at home. And then Bob had a follow-up question there. And Bob, we've touched on this in past webinars. I think it's worth just quickly reiterating, you know, we are limiting class sizes, obviously. That's a big part of the policies that we have in place um, now with, you know, in, in, in light of COVID-19. Um, what's our policy in terms of no-show charges for people that reserve and don't come in? Um, Jason, do you want to just reiterate how, how we approach that, and why we did that? Um, I mean, MDV probably is, I mean, I can share the why. The why is that after a lot of research and a lot of communication with a variety of different people in our industry, we recognize that if there's no skin in the game, it becomes really challenging. So we need to have some skin in the game for each person because what we don't want is for someone to take over someone else's spot who wants to come in and just not show up. And we need to be careful of someone else just reserving every single class and then again, not coming to those. But from a fee perspective and an execution perspective, uh, MDV, um, where do we end up, you know, and why do we end up on what we ended up at? Yeah, we ended up with a, a nominal fee for uh, missed, missed classes or missed reservations. Um, and I think it's, it's more so, uh, it's like we're not punishing people for not showing up for their reservation. We're not charging them the cost of the class, uh, you know, versus where some other people in the industry might be. We're doing exactly what Jason just said. We're making sure that when people are putting in these reservations that they're doing so with the best intentions of being there because we know that we have people right now that want to take that spot. So, you know, for us, it's not meant to be a revenue generator. It's not meant to be punitive. It's meant to simply put skin in the game for the individual who's making that reservation to hedge against people just reserving as many classes as they want for as long as they want in the future. And then 
we really haven't had anybody abusing that system. And we've had, I don't know the exact number, but we've had very minimal, if not zero, missed reservations or kind of ghost cancellations on us. So um, right yeah. now, I think we're doing well. And, and just to clarify, so the nominal fee is $5, right? Um, it's not, not a lot, uh, but it's enough. You know, it's like, oh, damn, I lost a Starbucks, you know, coffee or whatever it is, right? And then uh, a late cancellation is a cancellation within three hours of a class start time. So, um, you know, if, if it's within three hours, you should probably know if you're going to be able to make it or not. And so it's a late cancellations. Um, a late cancellation is within three hours. So if you don't know four hours in advance, it's pretty rare. And then a reservation is open 72 hours in advance of the class. And so the reason why we kind of set that up is that if you open it up like a week in advance, people will take the whole week. We think 72 hours is the appropriate time. Now, this is just what we've been going with for a while. That is subject to change, but it's $5 within three hours, 72 hours open. And we've been utilizing um, Wattify as our system to do that. Um, have any more questions? Um, but again, obviously, guys, as with anything, if other questions come up regarding this topic, a very quickly evolving situation and you know circumstances that we might not even be able to think of now might come up down the line. So make sure the Facebook group email in. Um, we're always here to answer these questions. And if it makes sense to have another webinar next week or weeks down the line to talk about, you know this same topic, obviously we'll do that. Um, do you guys want to close yeah. it out with anything? Well, I think Christopher, yeah. uh, I don't know if you saw it, your bandwidth might've been low for a minute there, but there's a oh, question sure. that came through from, from Christopher Sawyer here. He's saying his, his gym is less than a year old with about a hundred members, currently only have one other part-time coach. So he coaches most of the classes. And I've been thinking a lot lately about how we would respond if I, or probably the other coach as well, got, a positive test. Any advice for gym owners like me? Um, Jason, you want to you want to start first? I certainly have some thoughts on this, but I'll let you go I mean, first. I'm nodding my head like this because this is a major concern um, for the boutique fitness space, hundred percent. In the sense, okay, you have a hundred members. It's it's you. You're coaching five, six classes a day. Maybe you have another coach that comes in. I get it, right? I, I've I've been there myself. The the, the big picture is. Um, the reality is, is that this is one of the reasons why we need to treat our business like a business and not a hobby. And we need to have layers and protocols in place and additional staff to support us. And so at a high level, I would say, hey, Chris, let's start today putting in procedures so you could hire on a part-time coach, an assistant coach or whatever, so that they could free you up to go build the business, to go pay them more, so you could go ahead and be outside the business as much. That's the big picture is, hey, we need to get you out of in the business as much, get you outside to then continue to grow it. But that's gonna take some time. So in the meantime, the way you can mitigate it is obviously taking your health and your coach's health as seriously as possible and holding the line, right? You're doing everything you can from a social distancing, et cetera, perspective. You're making sure that your gym is as clean as humanly possible and your coach also is. You can do that today, starting now, is not allowing yourself to get, you know, pulled in and maybe certain situations that might make you more susceptible. So if you go down, the business can be in a challenging position. But again, the bigger position for me is if you have to worry about this, that's a problem, right? And I'm not saying it's the end of the world. Reason for you to reflect on your business, recognize that if you want to go on vacation for a month, you probably can't right now. Let's work on a strategy to getting you there and connect with us. And we can talk about how that works but that's all part of the grander plan of owning a business instead of being a coach. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Jason said there, Chris. The additional layers that I would put on that is right now, in this situation, you have to have a contingency plan. You have to think of not if something's going to happen, but when this happens, what am I going to do? So the first option that you have is to go out there and start finding individuals who could be qualified to run classes on either a small part-time basis within your business. Maybe they're only taking a couple of classes a week, but if there were to have something go on, maybe they can take on a few more. If that's not a possibility, let's say there's nobody who's available in any way, shape, or form to step into your business in any way, small or big, 
you have to, at this point, also have a contingency plan. And I, this is important for everybody out there. If the gym needs to close, let's say that there's a national mandate that everything needs to shut down. And that would be just essentially what's happening to Chris here. If he and his other coach get sick, everything needs to shut down. What are you going to do to maintain your business and maintain your members? And what are the steps that you're going to take immediately upon that situation occurring? Are you going to enroll your members as digital members? If so, what do they have access to? What does it cost? What are you producing for them on a weekly basis? What services do they have access to? What content can you be creating right now in case that happens? You have access to the gym. You're healthy. You have an ability to, have, to hedge your bets in some way, shape, or form that will put you in a better situation. So your awareness is there. It's an issue for sure, Chris. I think that you have to think about what your next steps are going to be. Put the pen to paper, get your plan going about what's going to happen if that becomes a reality. Awesome. Glad for glad you guys caught that question. Um, I didn't see it there. But um, unless you want to wrap it up with anything specific, I think this has been super useful. I'm excited for more people to get to listen to this. And again, any questions, shoot them our way. Any kind of closing remarks, Jay, MDV? I would just say for um, for Javier, you know, he's asking, are we allowing class pass or drop-ins? At our locations, we are not allowing class pass or drop-ins. Um, however, we are taking on new members. And so if you want to become a new member, we welcome you with open arms and you would, you know, abide by the exact same rules that any other member would. But having a, someone come in and just drop in for a class, we're not doing that. And it's really, um, that might change in the future, but for now, it's a way that we could educate every new member on, hey, this is NC Fit. These are our protocols. This is what you're signing up for. And if you're on board, heck yeah, let's let's get you in. But when you're just in a drop-in phase, I don't know if we'd be able to educate them as well that way. And so we're currently not doing class pass or drop-ins. Again, that might change in the future, but we are taking on new members. Um, just some words of encouragement for everybody. This is super challenging. Nobody's Nobody's saying that it's not challenging. And I think that you guys have all made tremendous strides in being dynamic in your business, making the pivots that you needed to through probably a first closure or different layers of regulations, and now new steps forward in, in what's going on right now. But rest assured that no matter what happens, health and fitness are at the top of people's minds right now, guys. It's like the the number one thing that people are thinking about, about ex uh, not, uh, except not how to get this virus, is how to, how to stay healthy and how to stay fit. So there's opportunity out there for you guys. There's opportunity out there for us, NC Fit Collective members, NC Fit partners. We're going to be here. We're going to keep bringing you guys as much value as we can. And in turn, that's what we want you guys to do. Go out there, bring value to your members, be dynamic, create opportunities, and have a hell of a lot of fun doing it with a mask on if you need to. I can't think of a better way to wrap that up. Mike, so much for joining. MDBJ, thank you for the, the webinar podcast here. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. Awesome. All right, thank you everybody.